Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and good night, wherever you are in the world, and welcome to another episode of Endurance Chat. I'm Vlogman11, and today we're going to look at the Le Mans entry list in the context of who are these people? Uh, of course, Le Mans being the biggest race that we cover throughout the year, we have 60 entries, but a lot of people might not know where these entries have come from. So we're going to go through, have a look at each of the classes, where the entries have come from, what series, where they've been racing, how they've been doing, which drivers are going to come along, and just give a brief overview, it's not going to be very brief, uh, of where all these people have come from. So with me tonight to go on this journey, have with me good friend KiwiCrew1709. G'day Flood, g'day everybody. And joining us after a little of a sabbatical, uh, Trevor Vosaurus back again. Welcome back Trevor. Hello. Brilliant to have you back. Um, Thank you. So... The first question I have is, why do we have to worry about an entry list for Le Mans? Why can't we just accept everyone who wants to come to Le Mans? Why does it have to be only certain people? Well, we have quite a, a restricted pit lane, despite being for one of the biggest in the world. Um, we have a, a much more structured way of doing things in a pit lane versus melees like the 24 hours of the Nürburgring. <laughs> Yeah, um, and four cars per garage, that kind of thing. So um, only we have four. A limited number. Only four. Well, Some have six. it's an oversubscribed race, and there are going to be people that are unhappy. There are going to be people unhappy because of its uh, the way that it's run, with you know, po- political kind of French groups kind of making these decisions. But so Frenchies. Yeah. We're going to say that one or two times, and again, apologies if you are from France. This is just a running joke that we have now made. A little sorry. Just a little bit. Just enough for it to be okay, I hope. Because it's such a prestigious race, to be invited into this race is is such a big deal for these teams that are outside. Well, actually, for any team to be invited to this race is a massive deal. Uh, WC entrance... They enter the WEC as much to go to Le Mans as they do to race the whole series. I think more so to do the Le Mans. If you can, if you can get into the WEC, you automatically get a guaranteed entry to Le Mans. And I think for some teams, that is enough of a pull. And it is. Yeah, and having a chance to win the biggest motor race, even if it is just in class, having a chance to race at it, to finish at it, for some teams, will be all that they want and all that they need. And that's why... We have to focus on the entry list and we have to cut cars out because, as Trevor said, it is a oversubscribed race and people are going to be unhappy. So, I guess, from there, I, we start from the top. Does that sound fair enough? Uh, yes, I guess so. Let's go for it. Cool, cool. So, uh, LMP1 at Le Mans will feature eight cars, all of which are coming from the World Endurance Championship already. So, you would be familiar with them all already basically uh the two toyotas uh the two rebellion racing cars the two smp racing cars the dragon speed uh br engineering and the bike hollers car apparently will be at le mans <gasps> to be fair though of all the races that they've skipped le mans has never actually been one of them so this is true i mean they might they might have skipped after the first half hour but <laughs> ah, <bike laughs> at least the start. never changed <laughs> You made me eat a jar of olives by college. Thank you. That was one of the best, pardon me, moments <laughs> of last year's lawn. I'm never going to forget that. So, 
all WEC entrants. Normally, in the past, we have seen a third factory car for the, the factory teams, the hybrid teams. But uh, Toyota have elected to not take up that automatic entry for winning last year's Le Mans. So they are only coming with the two cars. Uh, is this a surprise to anyone? No. I mean, what's the not point? They're going to finish one, two, most likely, and then something goes horribly wrong. <laughs> Toyota. Um, Good point. <laughs> yeah, I I agree. They don't really need to expend the budget to have another shot at winning. This isn't like when they were racing against Porsche and Audi, where they probably should have invested in a third car on arguably more than one occasion. So, yeah, not, not a surprise. Um, something that has changed from the full-season WC entries is the entire absence of Janetta. So, why has that happened? Well, 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 well. We could probably spend an hour on this, but we won't. It's it's an unfortunate scenario that Janetta have got at the moment. So, for those who don't necessarily know, Janetta are a manufacturer. They were not the original team. The original team sponsor didn't fulfill the engagements of supplying enough money or the money originally agreed. They had a spectacular fall from grace. So we're like trying to, when I'm trying to top companies and they're completely just gone. Yep. And it was funding a, was it former class winner in mm-hmm. LMP2 or at least a very well-performing LMP2 team in manner. And yeah, it's, it's horrible because the, the entry is paid for in full. So technically, they have already paid for the Le Mans entry for two cars. That is if Ginetta then got control of the entry in-house. If it's a brand new entry, then that might not be the case. Mm, because because um, it's not technically Ginetta who have entered for the season. It's TRSM CEFC Manor Racing from the China. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But by judging by the um, Janetta having to pay fines for the missed races, then you can kind of assume that they do have the same entry that Manor had that because Manor didn't turn up. So they're kind of paying for all of the ills that Manor sort of provided for them. And, you know, there's this kind of thing where, is that just? Are they having to... Are they... Re- justified to have to require to pay um, to cover issues from another entity that's not them. Ginetta have invested so much money and time and effort in a product that can only be raced in LMP1. So the ACO should be more lenient, you'd expect, for a company or towards a company that is supported in them, in their product. Mm. I'll let Kiwi I, go first. I'll let Kiwi go first. I mean, the, I don't know if they can... I mean, I, well, I like it to the whole Force India Racing Point situation from last year um, in Formula... In, in the feeder series. They, um, you know, we have... Racing Point took over all their debts and had to work out arrangements before they could race and take over that entry. Similar concept here. Um... We can argue about teams having to pay fines for not appearing, 
apparently according to the last edition of this weekly sport card, that's in six figure pounds, six figure euros, which is uh, a lot. Yeah, that is. I have I have heard of the number, and uh, it is a considerable yeah. number. Yeah, and yeah. from the ACO side, you know that's not unexpected like that's a pretty significant deterrent to not turn up to a race right if you're going to get fined somewhere in the realms of six figures for not turning up to a race not fulfilling the contractual obligations of being allowed to race in this series Hmm. by well that comes down to that comes down to what we were previously talking about you know people entering um having le mans as such a a prestigious event It, it they they're kind of a victim of the success of, or the, the World Endurance Championship is a victim of the success of Le Mans 24 Hours, where they need to have enough investment into the series. So they they need to, to not undermine the World Endurance Championship. They yep. need to make sure that there is investment in it, because otherwise t- people would just take the mick and miss rounds to save money and then just turn up to Le Mans. And that's the whole reason why Le Mans failed the last race of the season. So teams didn't do that. Teams will find a way, probably. I mean, just look at by collars this year. Maybe they turn up at Spa. Maybe they don't. I hope they well, turn up at Spa. On the other hand, they, are, they, are, they did miss a race because they were kind of, you know, changing to the, the Gibson other, engine yeah. and kind of weren't ready yet, which is fair enough. So for, an, for a less cynical take... They were kind of justified for at least for for just for one. Yep. But on the other hand, with Junetta, they they turned up at Spa, they turned up at Le Mans, and they have not been anywhere close to a racetrack since. Um, yes, there is money issues that are outside of Junetta, and Junetta can't enter the cars themselves. But the whole point of the Junetta program was they were, they were looking for what ten customers, I think was the number was. Mm-hmm. They got one. Mm. And that one didn't well, even think, come to fruition. I think they're holding out for the clean slate of the next season, which isn't actually that too far away. I believe Silverstone's August. And um, they have actually run on a circuit since uh, Spa, as they've done full circuit testing at Silverstone. And I believe this week or in the coming near future, they will be um, testing Aragon. Ooh, um, nice. So there is a lot of investment and backing and support from Janetta in this program. It's not a dead program. It's just they need a, a proper. They need a customer. Amount of data to put forward towards a potential buyer to then go towards the next season and hopefully take it to the other privateers. But I think as well, the ACO, after the Nissan Fast are mm. pretty hesitant to give teams a Le Mans entry now if they haven't proven themselves prior. And that's fair enough, yeah. Yep. And Janessa really haven't proven themselves prior. Even when they turned up at Le Mans last year, they barely got classified. I think they didn't get classified, did they? Uh, no, I'm pretty sure they didn't in the end. They were just that slow and wet. Exactly. So they, they did have a chance. They had both cars at Le Mans. Yes, it was their first event. But they didn't get classified. Like, if you're in P1, that should be your minimal target. Your absolute bare minimum target. So, yeah, the cars need to prove themselves before they're going to get the privilege 
at competing at Le Mans again. And I think that's fair enough, personally. Yeah. Well, sorry. One of them did get classified in 41st and last, 105 laps down. At least they got classified. Um, yeah. So, yeah, that's... We've we've talked about Janetta at length um, a lot last year, uh, so I don't really want to delve too much further into into that. But it was a little surprising. I'll I'll be honest; it was a little surprising to not see them even feature on the entry list. But once you think about it, I at least for me, it made sense, and it still does make sense. And even Lawrence Tomlinson is like, okay, it's disappointing, but to understand this one, they're yeah. more angry about missing Spark. And to round this off, I was properly, properly expecting to at least have the more in-house at Le Mans 2018, which was, I think, the six, uh, the number six car. Yeah. I, th- I was expecting that one to be on the reserve list, even at the bottom of the reserve list. But yeah, it wasn't to be. Well, the ACO and Janetta haven't really been the best of friends for a long time, so... We really want to talk about ACO politics this early. I think we should move on. Uh, so, <laughs> what are we going to expect from the P1 class at Le Mans? Hopefully a really good fight for third. That's positive. <laughs> I I never really know. Yeah, I I think it will be interesting. I think the Toyota is going to run away with it again. I don't think that's too much to question. Um, it would be very interesting if one of the Toyotas broke down in the first half of the race before night down, because that would make things a lot more tense in the Toyota garage. But uh, I whole Porsche P1 a couple of years ago where they had to fight their way back through to the lead. Oof, that would be that would be some primo stuff. Imagine imagine doing that, but with like chasing down Rebellion and SMP in P1 instead of Jackie Chan DC in in a P2 car. Like, slightly, yeah, slightly bigger task. Just a little bit, yeah. Um, and. I hope that we actually see a bigger show from the privateers this year. And I think we will based on the pace of their development and their reliability in the Sebring race. So generally Sebring is touted as one of the more difficult endurance races because of how destroy everything the track is. I can word good tonight. Uh, (laughs) So with most of the cars getting through that, relatively unscathed, uh, it would be good to see them put a proper fight together for Le Mans. Let's not forget the um, the hopeful step up um, from Michelin, from mm, Spa onwards. Yes. So I'm going to wait until after Spa and um, have a look at, you know, if this is a worthwhile step up in performance or not. If, you know, it might just be all smoke and mirrors. Um oh. Yeah. Fingers crossed. I'll wait till after Le Mans to let you know what I think will happen at Le Mans. <laughs> Helpful. But it, to be honest, it, it, it yeah, I I don't mind. It's still going to be uh, an amazing event to go to regardless of, you know, if it's a good an race, easy, yeah. in inverted commas, or not. It's mm. still going to be an amazing it's, show. It's, so. it's Le Mans for Pete's sake. Exactly. It's Le Mans. Um, we'll move on from... P1 to look at the other pro class, uh, GTE Pro. So uh, we're going to come to the AM class a bit later on uh, for P2, but we'll skip to uh, GTE Pro. Um, We have uh, six manufacturers uh, in the class. We have, of course, the 10 entries that make up our current WEC uh, GTE Pro class. So two from Porsche, run by Mantai, 
two from BMW run by Amtec, the two AF Corsa Ferraris, the two Aston Martins, and the two Fords from the Chip Ganassi Team UK. In addition to that, we have seven further cars coming from the IMSA series, uh, which is the GTLM class in IMSA. And they are the two factory Corvettes, uh, two Porsches run by Core Autosports, two Fords run by the USA arm of Chip Ganassi, and the Rizzi Competizione Ferrari. So it's interesting that the BMW team, uh, Team RLL, isn't bringing their cars over from IMSA to come and play as well to start with. But secondly, I think it's interesting, but in a kind of questionable way, that so many cars are coming over from IMSA. It, it seems like a bit of a GTE Pro whitewash. It's the most subscribed or the most... Um, it's the series other than the WEC that has the most entries granted to it. Is that in total? I, I would have thought ELMS uh, has more over over like P2 and GT, LM, uh, GTM, sorry. So we have the, the GTLM cars, so the GTE yeah. equivalents, or the GTE Pro equivalents in IMSA, but we also have those two trophies oh, yes, for you're amateur right. drivers. Yeah, okay, yeah, that's a good point. So yeah, Really interesting, but I think the difference in the the two in this respect is the fact that the cars coming from IMSA are mostly pro cars, which mm. normally we don't see a, such a massive pro entry list, but it's kind of come become the norm over the past few seasons. Well, the fact is, though, of those seven pro entries, the two Corvettes, they'd be an absolute right if they didn't get invited. That's of course, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Porsches and Fords have been here. How long have those two teams had four car entries? So last year, both teams had a four car entry. I think the year prior, Porsche had three, and okay. Ford had four. I think Ford have had four at Le Mans every year that they've been the in the program, which I think has also been the first time that they really expanded the GTE Pro entry list to include the Fords. I think it was, yeah, I think it was to accommodate Ford doing their Ford thing, where they were wanted to take all the positions. And the Reese competition card, that's, again, another stalwart of endurance racing, even though they're not really entering that many races this year. Um, mm. So I don't feel like, especially this year with the ACO having a P1 class that's possibly going to be fairly disappointing, let's be honest here, that the ACO would want a pro class to to be, you know, the way the manufacturer money comes in. That's a good having point. It's also having as many where the cars, best drivers are, arguably. Yes, exactly. So having as many cars as you can in that sort of class. And 17-car GTE Pro class is going to be absolutely phenomenally mental to watch. This is true, yeah. Now, um, that, they, now that they've gotten rid of that stupid stint length rule and the yes. pit stop rule. Yes. That is going to make and things a lot better. And it's also not real surprising that BMW have elected not to come over the... Rahul, Rahul Lanigan, Letterman. Letterman. Yep. Why? Why is that? Well, BMW. There's always been rumors of Beamer pulling out entirely of GTLM and GT Pro. E, yep. GTE. So it makes sense that BMW, because they haven't really had the results in either category as yet. Yeah, they haven't taken a big race win. I think they took one in IMSA and VIR, but they. Uh, 
On top of that, though, the IMSA races have been a lot closer together. And according to Graham Goodwin on the Week in Sports Cars, this is what I'm going to be quoting, uh, they haven't gone to very much effort to activate their GTE efforts. So it and kind of... I can say that in person because I can't remember BMW actually having a stand in a prominent position when I was at Daytona. Hmm. Yeah, that's a little disappointing. But yeah, it's a very good point you bring up about wanting the manufacturers in to bring the money into the event through like the hospitality and the fan, like providing merchandise and that sort of stuff. That's something I actually hadn't considered. And it actually makes a bit more sense then why they would offer a concession to entries coming from the States, especially to bring more factory support with them. Uh, in order to bring these factories in, because yeah, without without the factories, a lot of money goes away from the sport. There was there seemed to be a level of resistance from the ACO to offer these entries out, though. Uh, at least initially, it seemed that they were reluctant to announce additional pro cars from the IMSA series, almost to the point where the teams went ahead and announced them before the ACO had gotten a chance. Remember how there was that initial delay from the mm-hmm. the entry list being announced? Yeah, yep. so I, wa- I wonder what's going on behind the scenes to cause that sort of uh, friction. Well, I have a feeling that that was, you know, to be expected having the split entry list thing because of the whole Asian Le Mans series not having finished yet and we didn't know who was going to get... En- uh, entries kind of thing so the whole split entry thing was fine it's whether why the pro gte teams weren't in the first one kind of thing and to me it feels like maybe it's to do with the rissy thing you know are they gonna add them or not so are they gonna yeah they're gonna be left out from if there was an individual an initial uh, or earlier imsa gtlm entry yeah okay so so we should talk about the reese thing thank you for bringing that up so technically reese competizione do not currently uh adhere to the le mans invitation guidelines guys correct what's going on with that really this is the kind of the cork um to the bottle of these shouldn't be here these should be here and this is you know in in inverted commas or in air quotes, the easiest one to get rid of kind of thing from the entry list because they clearly do not enter a full season anywhere in the world. So why are they going to be here? They are racing, sure, they're racing an ACO product, the GTE product, but they're racing it in some of the races of a series that isn't an ACO product. So it's yeah they're they're not even entering the full endurance championship are they correct were they the full four races uh, were they even at sebring i i can't remember them being there but they probably were i don't know like i can't remember them being there anyway either but i'm not going to put my word against it before checking so i'm going to check right now I'm also checking right now. And they weren't. They weren't there. No. Well, there we go. That pretty much sums it up. And and there was a, a bit of editorial on this by Graham Goodwin saying perhaps could this be 
the ACO trying to schmooze, trying to be in the good books of Ferrari back in Italy rather than recede themselves. You know, part of this big entry allocation could be down to, like you said earlier, being in the good books of factories because that's where the money is. It's also where, potentially, where the entry list could come from in the next rule regulation cycle. So mm. we need to be positive towards constructors we have now to potentially push them up a level pro-wise to yep. next top class. Yeah, and then to, to bring in the investment dollars and the, the marketing that would come with that. Hmm, that is a very interesting point. I... Look, I don't want to say I'm not going to be happy that they're there because, I mean, it's another... A, it's another GT Pro car, which fills the grid out to 17, which is awesome. B, it's another Ferrari, and Ferrari and GT and Le Mans just go together almost as much as Porsche and winning at Le Mans, which, you know, is good. And it's... But the thing is, it is very clearly outside of the guidelines for entry uh, attaining an invitation to Le Mans. So I'm not exactly 100% happy that they've gotten an invite, especially when you compare it to some of the other teams that have not earned invites or at least not earned the expected allocation of invites. Let's put it that way. Yeah, and so it's not going to get punted off by a P2 anyway. So. Or the other way around. We need we need more Ferrari, we need more GT Ferraris to add the attrition in the prototype class. That's how that works, right? <laughs> yeah, but there's also other cars we can point to that go. They don't meet the criteria either. So why are they here? And we'll get to those cars a bit later, I'm sure. We will now. Just to wrap up GT Pro, what are we going to expect from the class? We've got 17 cars, six manufacturers, uh, a buttload of driving talent. Like just. Some of the some of the additional drivers for the other factory cars are just stupid cool. Like um, we've got, I think it's Pippo Durrani has been confirmed for that Risi car that we've been talking about. Uh, Porsche are bringing are bringing across their junior group with Matteo Jaminet and Dennis Olsen, who were part of the Earl Bamber Motorsports team that raced at uh, at Bathurst in the twelve hour. Um, along with Earl Bamber and Patrick Pillay and Nick Tandy in the second of those cars. Uh, and then Ford bringing on their battery of drivers as well. So, yeah, it's going to be absolutely stacked. I would expect and we see... have good BOP as well. Yes. yes. If they keep the BOP from Sebring or keep it to about that sort of level, we could see not a repeat of last year because the BOP last year was good, but the problems last year were the pit stop rules and the stint lengths and that sort of stuff. But now that's been removed, we could see a classic GTE Pro race, guys. Could see a race like 2017 where it's come down to the last lap. Oh, mate, that's... Oof, and too the, exciting. Too exciting already. And the fact there's 15 cars here that you could easily say, oh, they could pretty easily win this. Yeah, like... Any of those 17 cars could... The only one, well, so far, the only, I, I'm rolling at the Beamers at the moment, but apart from that, yeah. Ouch. Early call, early call. <laughs> we'll move on now to talk about the amateur classes at Le Mans. So, amateur racing at Le Mans is actually really, really important. And I don't think a lot of people pay amateur racing... Well, sorry, amateurs in racing 
enough respect, especially in sports cars. Um, because, of course, the pro teams are where all the money comes in, it's all the top manufacturers, it's all the factory drivers, the fastest, the best, the brilliantest, and all that sort of jazz. But amateur racing and the amateurs in racing are the foundation that sports cars have been built on. The entire history of motorsport, even for that matter, is has all been on the backs of amateurs who have the money to fund a team and bring in a car and pay other people to work so that way the motorsport could happen. And without amateur drivers doing this throughout the, the early days of racing and then through the 50s and 60s and sports cars, motorsport probably wouldn't exist in the way that it does now. Do you think that's a fair statement? I think that's absolutely spot on. And look at the, some of the amateurs we've had who have been incredibly successful in whatever career they've done, you know, acting or other sports or whatever, and they still come along to the mind because they love motorsport. They bring their millions in, mm. which is what it takes to run a P2 team for a season nowadays. And so amateur classes are half the race, essentially. Yeah, exactly. Almost exactly. Yeah, about half the race, even more than half the race this year. 35 cars, yeah. Yeah, and I think it's important that we focus a lot on the amateurs. And that's why I think, just as a completely unrelated sidebar, stuff like the Gentleman Driver series that has been around on, I think it's Netflix that they've been doing it. Yeah, I think that stuff is really, really good for bringing attention to the amateurs in motorsport at the top level. And... Hopefully, we get to see a bit more of them throughout the broadcast because, yeah, racing, motorsport is built off the back of the amateurs. And the way P2 has been this season, the amateurs have a real chance to take the spotlight. Yeah, I mean, if we get another repeat of 2017 in, in, the, in terms of the hybrids, we could see a legitimate battle between the, the privateers in P1 and some of the P2 teams. If if things go all awry, which Just is brilliant, mind, it's possible. It, it, this is exactly right. So we will go to LMP two, um, but we'll we'll go we'll we'll talk around LMP two for a second. So of course, if you're a WC entrant for a full season, you get an automatic entry to Le Mans, but. The grid for Le Mans, of course, is 60 cars, not the 36. That's just the WEC. We've talked about a few entries, extra entries from IMSA in the pro class. But if you're an amateur team or an amateur driver, how do you get a entry, an invite to Le Mans? Uh, auto entries is the short answer. How do so- I? How I've got I've got many millions of dollars, a half decent driver lineup, and a P2 car. How do I get an auto entry to Le Mans? It, where do you want to race? Do you want to race if you race in anywhere, Asian everywhere, series, okay. somewhere, nowhere? <laughs> All right. Well, Asian Le Mans series, okay. You can get a P if you win your P two class there and P three as well, isn't it? You can get an auto entry invite. ELMS win there, get an auto entry invite. And... Or you can enter like everywhere else, not win stuff, and uh, still not get an entry. What about if I am not good enough to win? What happens then? You can still apply. Perhaps, yep, still perhaps, perhaps some yeah, money may change hands. Perhaps you might have just persuade the ACO to let your entry in. And uh, will it will it help if I change my nationality to French or Russian? Or okay, or Russian. So basically, blue, white, and red is what you're saying. Oh, so New Zealand's a chance. <laughs> what were you about to say, uh, Trevor Soros? It's also down to 
showing the ACO that you're willing to invest in them. So it comes down to growing up the ladder system kind of thing. So we've got, for example, this year, RLRM Sport, um, one LMP3 class, um, and that gets them, but obviously LMP3s don't race in the 24 hour. Yeah. So you're saying that one in the LMP3, you are, you're saying that the one LMP3 in the ELMS last season, right? Yeah. So they won LMP3 in ELMS and now they have bought an Orica 07 LMP2 and it's all the way down the entry list. There are examples of teams that used to be lower down more so in GTE AM, um, but there are teams that are showing investment. Uh, Settilar is another great example. Yep. Yeah, sure, they're not high performance, high performers in ELMS. They're they're pretty good, but pretty much the only reasons that they're on the entry list is because they add variety in terms of a chassis that's limit that's limited. Yep, in the dollar um, yep. in numbers. But also, they have um, committed to stepping up to the World Endurance Championship from ELMS. So it's a kind of, I'll scratch your back, you give me an uh, uh, An invite to the line. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm, interesting. So there is a little bit of politicking involved there, it seems. Um, But what about for those who don't manage to attain auto entries in, say, the ELMS or something like that? Um, we've seen something happen over the past few seasons, especially last season, with other ACO series, haven't we? Where where teams will try and chase these auto entries if they don't get them in one series. Mm. And the most obvious case of that would be United, who have entered a bazillion cars all around the world and got one auto entry. Ooh, yep. We'll talk about that a little, a, just just a little bit later on. Um, okay. I I think I think. Kiwi and I are raring to have a fight about this one. <laughs> Gonna be good fun. Um, so the P2 class at Le Mans, uh, of course, is the the prototype amateur class. Um, we have all the full season entries from the WEC. Uh, so that's um, Alpine, who are electing not to use their uh, auto invite for winning the P2 class last year uh, to bring a second car along. So they are only bringing the single car. Um then, of course, TDS Racing, Labour Competition, Racing Team Netherlands, Dragon Speed, and the two JD, JCDC cars, um, which is your seven-car LMP2 class from the WEC. On top of that, uh, we're bringing in from the winning car, winning the season in ELMS in LMP2 is G-Drive. Uh, as Tre- Trevosaurus mentioned, the RLRM Sport car for winning the LMP3 series in ELMS last year um, has been entered. Um, the other auto entries are the aforementioned United Autosports uh, LMP2 Pro winning title car from the Asian Le Mans series. Um, the LMP2 AM class title winner is ARC Bratislava um, from the Asian Le Mans series. And then the LMP3 title, I believe that's meant to say on our notes, um, is the Inter-Europol competition car from... So they're the, they're the three cars that are coming in from the Asian Le Mans series. And then we have a group of six cars from the ELMS that are stepping up just for Le Mans. And these include uh, the Panos Bartes competition car, uh, 
the Graf Racing Car, IDEX Sport, Settila Racing Velorba Corsa, Algarve Pro, and fresh off the reserve list, Duquesne Engineering. So that is your 17-car LMP2 field. How's that look? It looks pretty good, I think. Very... It's quite... There's a lot of variety. Mm. Yeah. There's a lot of variety of teams where they're where they're coming from. There's a lot of variety of drivers. A lot of variety of of well, not so much variety of chassis. Um, if you include the two variants of Oricas that are totally not Oricas, um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, there's a lot of um, variety in AM driver performance. There are some real standouts, like for example, David High and Meyer Hansen in the thirty-seven. Yep, JCDC car. We've got a good um with Tyrier, I think, in the Alpine. Oh, Tyrier. Um, Tyrier might be my favorite AM driver ever. I've literally been following him for four years, and every than, single thing. But I, I think we've got Close. someone to go up against. Um, David Hine and my Hansen as the best AM. We might have uh, another Super Silver on our hands in terms of G drive because I think they have to use their new amateur driver um which will be with the team from this year onwards um in Jeez. the european le mans series of job for now um oh that is and... not how i thought you pronounced that oh it's dutch isn't it no. oh no yeah, it's been said it's been said wrong for a very long time job um, job and i don't think i've heard it um i don't can, think can you say I've it again it. job van outert Wow, that that hurts my ears, man. How okay? So for for those playing along at home, it's that last name is spelt U. I think that's an I U I T E R T, and that's Oitert. Oitert. Oh, I, it's a very difficult pronunciation. It's, it sounds Scottish. It's a combination that of of sound that isn't in English. Um, <laughs> Can I, can I just call him Yobby? <laughs> yes, yes, that I think that applies. Oh, yeah, I, I think that's amazing. <laughs> okay, so LMS, LMS cars. So very interesting for me, at least, is that none of the cars that have been called up from the LMS are new to Le Mans. Um, I think all of them raced at Le Mans last year, except for Duquesne Engineering. Yeah, I can't remember Algarve Pro. Um, but they might have gotten as well. Oh um, no, that might have been in the previous um, LMP2 breaks. They've been here before. I am a hundred percent sure that they've been there before. Um, they're okay. they're one of the cars that kind of just seems to appear every single year on the entry list. And I'm just going to take a quick look at their driver lineup. Oh, it's not full of Frenchies this year. That's an interesting interesting development. Yeah, I think John Phelps put some money into being him and Mark Patterson. Ah. Uh, just appearing. Well, Fab used to race with United Autosports in LMP3, right? Yep, and didn't get an entry to mm. Le Mans. Went well. <laughs> so he, so he's just going and going. Hey, here's some money. Give me a seat. Pretty much. Yeah, it's it's looking like a really strong class, which is very exciting. But I reckon, I reckon there's one or two cars from LMS Asian Le Mans series and even potentially the IMSA side of things in their uh, prototype class that would be feeling somewhat aggrieved to have been missed out on an entry for the 
for Le Mans. Um, most notably, as we've been kind of talking around, uh, United Autosports. Uh, they very publicly stated that they were chasing Le Mans entries, uh, hence their program not only in the ELMS P3 class, but also taking that to the Asian Le Mans series and racing in the Asian Le Mans series solely with the directive of gaining an auto entry to Le Mans, um, which they did attain. uh, And then they were expecting, some would say deserving of, a second entry, which they were not granted. And they were quite unhappy about that, to say the least. Put it this way. So if... If you imagine or you put yourself back to the last race of the Asian Le Mans series where the final auto entries were given out, this is a team that is always punching up there in every class championship that they contend with. And at one point in the last race, if you took a snapshot and stopped the race then, if you just threw a red flag, they would have got three auto invites, I believe. So this is a team that gets results that gets wins pretty much with every car that they or in every class that they enter and you know that may in the past have been deserving enough to deserve uh an entry list uh, a, a spot on the entry list but nope not this time round. Hmm. it's it's a very interesting sort of situation because the aco of course i'll make the point now this is an invitational race. Yes, there are auto invites and all that sort of stuff, but every single entry is at the ACO's discretion. So the ACO have stated that they have chosen these particular P2 cars um, for... I'll, I'll find the direct quote here. So this is from PF Eon. For LMP2, the first decision was to field as many different teams as possible before considering any second cars. He goes on to say... We wanted to reward teams that have been loyal to the race. Okay. So, Mm -hmm. on one hand, you have the not wanting to give more, wanting to spread the entries out amongst as many teams as possible. But on the other hand, I don't think you can be more loyal than putting in 11 different entries in various ACO formulas around the world to seek Le Mans invites. Like, I'm pretty sure... That's as loyal as you can be. I don't think you can. I don't think you actually can be more loyal. This is going to sound incredibly ruthless, but if you've got that many auto, or that many cars going around in the ACO series where you can win auto invites, why don't you win the auto invites anyway and just get it done with? Because motor racing is random and sport is random like that, and that's why we Tough love luck. it. Tough luck. I'm sorry, but they have no right to whinge about it in my mind. I have entirely the opposite opinion. I think that they showed the maximum amount of commitment to getting to getting these uh, invitations and the fact that they didn't get an additional one after entering, remember, 11 cars in series around the world. They traveled to Asia specifically to gain auto entries to Le Mans. If that doesn't and show failed. commitment, they got one. But the thing is, if they had not gotten that auto invite, would they have been, been given an invite anyway? Who, who, but who would have got that auto invite if they didn't? It could have been JCDC. It could have been who? Graf. It could have been another team that already has an invite to Le Mans. But well, did Graf, where did Graf's invite come from? 
they were given that one. Okay, maybe Graf was a bad example. Yeah, so if exactly, so I'm sorry, but when you go to a class that's as oversubscribed as this, there's six P2s on the reserve list. So there's 23, 24 P2s that originally applied. They were never going to be all accepted. You have to cut someone out. You have to piss someone off as part of this process. And it's cruel, incredibly cruel, but I'm sorry, someone's going to, someone's going to cop it. And when I, you've got 16 different teams in the 17 car entry list, I think that's a pretty good outcome. I disagree. I think that United were deserving of a second car, and there are definitely teams within the LMP2 class that have been invited that do not... All right. Have Name the them. same quality. Uh Villalba Corsa don't have the same quality. Um Argov Pro, not the same quality, I don't think. Uh Labrakim competition, not anywhere near the quality that you would expect from a team running at Le Mans. And these are like there's always a few every single year. There's always a bit of politics about it. And well Labra competition are never gonna miss because A the WEC B the French. Yeah. I mean C they've been around for ages. These things are true, but I don't think that... Okay, just because they have an auto-entry through the WEC and all that sort of stuff, whatever, I, I think that if you were picking them on quality alone, that United Autosports would have two cars. So then why don't United Autosports actually enter the WEC the next, then and actually... I mean, they the are. Car? They are next year. Why not? Well, then they get it next year. Woohoo! <sighs> but hey... It's okay supporting all the all the feeder series, but if you don't support the main series as well as those feeder series, then you have to earn your way into the race. I I think United did earn their way in and were shafted. And the fact that well, it is a about, you could say the same about high class. I completely shafted. Potentially, but mm. No, I I don't think so. I don't think high class are near the quality of of United. But at least hot United have got one high class. have got zip. This is okay. That is a fair point. You get the deciding vote, Trevorosaurus. Do you think United Autosports should have received an additional invite to Le Mans? Uh, so I've mentioned a few times already in this episode about uh, investing in the ACO and investing in ACO racing. There is no privateer team, I think, that has invested in the last few years as much as United have. They have brought big name drivers to races around the world. They have brought a really high quality team. They've brought... They've brought a broken internet connection. And a broken microphone, apparently. And we've lost Trevorosaurus again. Okay. So it's still tied one all. I feel like Trevor was going to continue with saying that if they want to show loyalty to those, if the ACO wants to show loyalty to those who have been loyal to the ACO, they should have given them a second invite. And I, I, felt, like, I felt like there was a massive butt coming. With you, when you're involved, there's always a massive butt coming. I like big butts. Oh no! Pie. Moving <coughs> on. Are you back now, Trevor? I've been here all along. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, they they also bring a, a variety in terms of tire and chassis combination. That um, is, I think, the only Michelin Ligier now the long time users of this 
tyre on Ligier's Panis Bartes have now switched to Dunlops. Hmm. Well, there you go. I did not realise that. So, in Runwood, who who gets your final vote? Final between me. between two entries, should have gotten two, or only got only got what they deserved. Well, I have I am currently of the belief that I would like to see, or I would have preferred a swap between Rissi Competizioni and United Autos. Yes, I win. That was not an option. I think that's actually a, a perfect option. Yeah, Chris. that's. I think that would have been a perfect solution because you get okay. rid of the car, you get rid of the car that doesn't abide by the invite rules, and then you bring in a car from a team that has shown the most investment and loyalty to your product. Now, I'm setting a precedent. I keep, I keep risking you get rid of the WeatherTech Racing personally, but you know, WeatherTech Racing are there after winning a auto invite. Let's not forget. No, they're not. Or buying an auto invite. <laughs> <laughs> nice <laughs> but I'm sure there'll be people in the comments of this of this post telling me that I'm right you guys are wrong so suck it preemptively suck it you can vocal minority yeah exactly right what other sort of minority is there <laughs> okay I'm 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 lost so okay we'll, we'll move on we'll move on from that fight and where are we going I don't even know where we're going anymore um GTM before we go to GTM, who are we excited to see in LMP2? What are we expecting from LMP2? Because we've got a, got a really cool mix of names and teams here. We've got a few teams from, say, the Asian Le Mans Series AM class. Uh, the, the what's that car? The Bratislava car. That would be a really interesting team just to sort of see how it does. There are always these few teams in LMP2 whose goal isn't to get on the podium or to get a win, just to get to the finish. And... I, I kind of like that about the amateur side of the Le Mans 24 Hours. Hmm. I think the thing with P2, just looking at the entry list, there's at least six or seven quality crews there. Given that... Would have been eight with a second United car. What? Would have been seven with a second United car. You think one would have had James Allen in it. Uh... Oh, that's Dragon Speed. What am I talking about? <laughs> would, have, would have had Scott Pye in it, please. If it has, if it has got Pye in it, then it would be a different, different argument. Not James Courtney? Eh, James Courtney too. We can for those what's going on. Yeah, for those wondering, we're talking about Australian supercars drivers because United Autosports is, a, <laughs> is involved in one of the teams in the supercars. But yeah, there's, there's drivers like Guido Vandergaard, Luc Deval, Roman Dumas. Oh, that, that makes me so excited. He's racing with Duquesne Engineering and I'm so happy that Duquesne Engineering have come off the reserve list and have made it into the, the 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 actual entry list because they were one of the breakout teams in the ELMS last season. Uh, they should have taken a race victory were it not for uh, some testing fuel residue left in their fuel tank for one of the races. Yeah, I'm really, really excited. And I think they are new to Le Mans as well. So that's, I think, the only car that has been invited in P2 that hasn't been to Le Mans previously. Which is real cool. RLRM Sport. Yeah, well. yeah, but they won an auto entry, so they didn't technically get invited. Uh, okay, right. That's, well, all I mean, of the entries are invites, so checkmate. <laughs> <laughs> Foiled me there! <laughs> I was trying to make that distinction, but yes, you, you do have a very good point. I think we move on to GTEM now. Uh, so, 
Again, GTM, we have, of course, the WEC uh, entries, uh, the Spirit of Race Ferrari, Team Project One, Clearwater Racing, MR Racing, Two Times Density Proton, Golf Racing, TF Sport, and AMR. They are, of course, the nine cars that make up our WEC GTM class. On top of that, we have two additional entries from Proton Competition, which come from the win of Le Mans last year, plus the LMGTE title in the ELMS. So they are choosing to take up both of those auto entries. JMW Motorsport uh, as the runner-up for the GTE class in the ELMS. We were also going to have a further Spirit of Race car from the ELMS, but that has dropped out, um, which is how the Duquesne Engineering car was able to step in. Um, And from IMSA, we have uh, the Keating Motorsport Ferrari, which is the winner of the Bob Aiken Trophy, which is, I think, the GTD best am driver trophy uh and then we have a ford gt yeah a ford gtlm with weathertech racing the first amateur ford gtlm which is being run uh through the entry awarded to the jim truman trophy now i want to make a quick point on this before we move on the jim truman trophy is the best amateur driver in the p2 class out of imsa which actually was Misha Goitberg last year. I mean, it should have been John Bennett, but he kind of gave that up to try and chase the overall championship and then lost that. Uh, anyway, um, so Misha Goitberg had the choice whether or not to take up that auto entry. He decided not to, and so he passed that on to uh, WeatherTech Racing, um, probably for a not insignificant number of dollars. Sorry, actually, they're the other way around. The Keating Motorsport one is the Ford, and the WeatherTech Racing is the Ferrari. Apologies about that. We've just halfway through updating our spreadsheets. Other entries in the GTM class is the Car Guy Racing from the Asian Le Mans series, uh, taking the GT tri- uh, title. Now, the Asian Le Mans series GT class is a GT3 car. So, of course, that can't race at the Le Mans 24 hours, so they're upgrading that to GTE spec. Uh, and similarly, um, from the Michelin Le Mans Cup, the Kessel Racing Ferraris, two of them as the GT3 title winners in the Michelin Le Mans Cup, um, are racing in GTE Ferraris as well. And that makes up your, I think that's, how many cars is that? Many. 17. 17 as well? Oh, what a coincidence. 17 and cars, yeah. Damn. But those well, Ferraris are so easy to upgrade as well. Just get an upgrade kit, hold a few parts on. Here you go, here's your GTE car. Have fun. Beautiful, and I, it works for the the two teams that have come from GT3 competition um, to race in GTE, which I think is very, very cool. And that's why we'll probably see more teams go to the Aston, because apparently they can get it within five hours. That is an achievement. You'd race in the, the Aston uh, tribute sort of thing on the Friday, sorry, on the Thursday, convert your car on the Friday, and then turn up for the 24 hours on, on, the, on the Saturday. Piece of cake. You have to change it between practice sessions as well. That'd be interesting. Oh, oh, that would be a bit tight. Well, what you do is you you start you start the race at GT three halfway through, you change it to a GT two. Whoa, GT two, a whole new class out here now. Oh yeah. <laughs> um. So, is there any any surprises in that? I honestly, unlike LMP two, I don't think there is any is car that I would say is not deserving or unexpected or... Oh. Well, there's, well, there's two surprises for me. One, Ford have actually given their GT to an amateur. 
That yeah, that is it's a big a sign surprise. of things to come. Yes, it is, and a good one too is Keating going to be sharing with Bleaky Mob and Daddy Bear Fraga. That is going to be a, that is going to be a potential race winning car right there. Oh yeah, not even kidding. Mm. But not even Keating. Whole... Uh, sorry. Wow. I just this whole issue around Cooper McNeil and the WeatherTech racing car. The fact that they just blatantly bought the P two entry. Okay. Yes, but I don't think Goikberg was ever going to take that up anyway. Well, then make Cooper apply like any other person. He probably would still get an entry because, you know, politics. You reckon though this year? Yeah, I still think this year. Remember, they do sponsor the IMSA championship. So, they're, they're running... They're, they're sponsoring the championship that facilitates ACO competition in the United States. This is true. This entry is down to um, the driver, not the team or car itself. So it's down to if this driver that has the trophy joins a team already there, then that uses up the entries and combines them. Whereas with this, it has to be a whole new entry because of that single driver getting the trophy i think i understand you i think i i get it yeah i get it uh but basically it's an auto invite for a single driver yeah Hmm. but apart from that there's not really any real surprises apart from the fact that i know some people will be kicking up that proton they've got their two extra cars because they blatantly cheated not at not at le mans not at le mans that was gonna be my point yeah, not at Le Mans. And we have seen a quote-unquote obnoxious amount of auto entries been given to a single team before. Uh, only have to look to last year to see that uh, JCDC had four automatic entries mm-hmm. by the virtue of being the... by having two cars in the WEC plus taking the Asian Le Mans series P2 and P3, I believe, uh, automatic mm-hmm. automatic entries. Yep. So yep. the fact the fact that Proton have chosen to take up their automatic entry for winning last year, as well as their automatic entry for uh, winning the ELMS last year, as well as the two automatic entries for being a part of the WEC. Like, it is a little excessive, but, I mean, I would. Hey, if you can, if you can actually do it, do it. Exactly. And it's not like they've any of their 12 drivers are terrible drivers, you know? Exactly. And it does give the opportunity for... AMs who are associated with Proton, but maybe not like the top AMs, like the Christian Reeds, etc., um, or the Keladel Cavaces, uh, it does give them a chance to actually buy in to a car at Le Mans that they may not have ever had an opportunity for. Mm. Like, I think one of the Proton cars uh, has already been picked up by Satoshi Hoshino, who's someone I've never heard of before. And Morris Chen in the other one, who's a name that familiar to many people exactly so already you're adding variety in the names that we're seeing at the race which is really cool i think yeah and it leads to what's going to be a really really interesting class Mm. and the other the other invitational entries in that class so jmw motorsport were winners in 2017 at le mans so they should be absolutely no surprise to anyone to see them back um one of the stalwart teams of the LMS as well. Ben Keating, uh, Keating Motorsport, 
with Jerome Blake Mullen, uh, pretty consistent amateur in IMSA. I reckon, I'll be honest here, I'm going to give away some fantasy WEC tips for anyone who's interested in that. I always tend to pick Keating for the GTD class because no matter what, you tend to find that he ends up with something at the end of the race. Mm-hmm. So, so, so Clarkson, when you're pricing this one, make sure you put the Keating car as $2,700. I can deal with that. I'll work around it. But Car Guy Racing, now Car Guy Racing, that's a newish name to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm interested to learn more about that if anyone has information. Well, Agent in the Mind Series, weren't they? Yes. Yep, uh, winning that. Japanese, all Japanese team. Yep. Um, they've got two drivers confirmed so far, Takeshi Kimura and Kei Kozolino. Kozolino is not a very Japanese last name. No, I was going to say, that sounds very Italian, of all things. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, they um, are in a Ferrari. Hey. <laughs> uh, but yes, he was born in Ishigaya in Shinjuku. I'm Japanese, I should be able to pronounce this. I'm disappointed in you. He's in a Japanese a Japanese board Italian racing driver. There you go. So kind of like how Oh, I had something it's, for this. It's an Italian car uh based in Fuji, so I guess it kind of mirrors nicely. Nice. That yeah. works out very well. Cool. And and it just any like we 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 see Japanese teams obviously in Super GT and that all the time. You never really see Japanese teams take on the big European motorsport events. Like we I, had, we had that god awful Miku livery oh. garbage at Spa. This, yeah, we, we have used had to have Team Go. We did have Team and Go. They went and won. Now they're back. <sighs> what I was going to say about Car Guy. My God, it's a sexy looking car. Ooh, what does it look like? Oh, I'm just going to post it in text chat now. Fluorescent uh, yellow. And uh, car guy written on the front. Oh, nice. Pretty that looks. It. That okay. That's gonna get confused with an Aston Martin, I think. Oh, <laughs> it'll be close. Well, I reckon. I reckon if if you, they, you got them in the wrong headlights late at night, you might think that's. that's an I don't think they need headlights. <laughs> <laughs> it just fluoresces. Brilliant. That's that's fantastic. No, nighttime at the moment. Yeah, I'm. I'm pretty keen to see them. As well, that kind of that brings us to the end of the sixty cars that have entered, uh, or sorry, have been invited to enter. But with a with an event such as Le Mans, we also have a reserve list. Our reserve list was ten cars. It is now uh, only nine. Just double checking that it's correct. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Um, because of course, uh, having the uh, Spirit of Race Ferrari from the uh, ELMS uh, not taking up that entry, so Duquesne Engineering has been invited instead. We actually now only have eight because another one on the entry list has been withdrawn. Uh, sorry, the, the reserve list has been withdrawn. So why do we need a reserve list for Le Mans? What's the well, logic? We've already seen it. Um, the ACU want to make sure we have a 60-car grid come 3 p.m. on race day. So they say, hey, you should get a re- entry ready just in case someone pulls out. Exactly. And we've already seen it with um, Spirit of Race and Decane Engineering. Um, so these cars, while they're not guaranteed to make the race, if you're first, second, third, fourth on the list, this time of year you're getting very interested to make sure everyone makes a test date. And that's a very important thing that you mentioned. It's that you have to be high on the list. It is a mm. priority-ordered list, Yeah, which has seen Decane Engineering as 
The first team that is running an LMP2 that does not have already have an LMP2 entry uh, is Duquesne Engineering. That's why they have been placed first on the reserve list. Next on the reserve list is High Class Racing, uh, another LMP2 team that doesn't have a list, sorry, an entry already. Um, I believe they're going to be running, given the opportunity, of course, they'll be running the Orica as opposed to their normal Dallara after swapping in the off-season. And then third on the reserve list is United Autosports with a second entry. And they are they are the first uh, team on the reserve list that already has an entry in the race. So I guess that's the bone that the ACO was throwing for... Uh, Yep, for high, uh, United Autosports. Mm. Exactly, exactly. Um, and once you get below that, that's when you start getting to the point of okay, we're not going to get the second entry. Yeah, it would be it would be highly unlikely, I think, for mm. more than four teams to pull out. Um, Which is a shame because there's some pretty decent teams underneath that. Yeah, well, take us through them then. Okay, so we've got Eurasia and the Legia uh, from the Asian and Mon series. Panas Barthes would have their second car with Fabian Barthes in that car, probably. Um, but And then you've got IDEX Sport, EBI Motors. With the, that'd be the second issue for EBI. Yeah, they raced last year, I think, with Christina Nielsen behind the wheel. That one? Yeah. Project One, uh, that'd be their second entry for this race as well. Because they've already got, obviously got one AM car. Yep. And then probably one of the more contra- well, controversial slash interesting ones they missed out on is now withdrawn from the race entirely. Maya Shank Racing. Yeah, th- this is a very interesting one. Because, um, yeah. of course, Maya Shank Racing races in the GTD class in IMSA mm-hmm. competition. Now, this entry would have been the all-female lineup that Maya Shank runs. This would have been Catherine Legg, Christina Nielsen, and who is the... Anna, was it Anna ja- Jackie Heinricher. Oh, Jackie Heinricher, okay. I think so, or Anna Beatrice for that matter. Both of them are silver rated. Um, so that would have been a interesting entry. However, it didn't. It, it's placed ninth on the reserve list and has since withdrawn. Uh, so, well, I can get the ATA's rationale here uh, more so than United because GT, GTD is not an it's not an ACO product. No, you're right. It's GT3, which is SRO. Yeah. If you're going to enter a team, it doesn't matter whether they're all female, all dog, all cow. That should have no bearing on actually who gets accepted for the race. And I yes, agree. Been, and yes, it would have been run by Algarve, Algarve Pro. That also shouldn't matter. There, yeah. there, are, uh, there are a few pros and cons. I, I like to weigh it up in pros and cons. And you have the pros, the, the good drivers, good female drivers, a full female team of drivers. Just look at Daytona. It was good press. It was good. It was really good for the for the sport. It was good for the event itself. Just, so that's just one on pro. That, just on that, there's actually already one all-female lineup in the race. Is there? Yes, yes. And I was yes, going to come into that. Oh. Later, um, no, that's that's fine. Um, thanks for reminding me, though. And so we've got the pro of the all-female driver lineup. We've got a big pro, potentially the biggest pro in terms of the sponsor, Caterpillar or Cat, a massive multinational company with a lot of money behind it that can bring a lot of money to the entry 
to the sport, whatever. Algarve Pro is a high quality team, so they wouldn't be messing around. It wouldn't be a wasted entry. And I believe it was a wasn't the entry supported by Women in Motorsport Commission or something, something like that. Alongside or if not um the only that. entry that was was supported was supporting the um the Kessel Racing one. Um so there was quite a lot of misinformation, poorly worded tweets, primarily from a certain sports car three six five journalist. <laughs> um and the the thing that really annoyed me about this was because it was a, a bit of us versus them, what makes Kessel Racing more important than these three from IMSA? It's, you know, you've got a car that gained an auto invite from winning the Michelin Le Mans Cup. If that's the problem, then you should be going at the ACO about the Michelin Le Mans Cup auto entry. It was also a, a team of drivers that was supported by the Women in Motorsport Commission. You could argue that would pick those three over another three drivers and also it's a team that's going to enter higher up the ladder in the future of gte racing kessel racing you know that's a much better pick in my opinion versus a team that doesn't race your product in a series that isn't yours yeah yeah and and also if you're gonna enter le mans you should have to enter it in a car you actually race in and yeah, this is an auto invite that's another point um the the invite for that Meyer shank car was in in the lmp2 class but yeah as you mentioned they race a gtd which is gt3 not even gtm um, for that matter in the imsa competition so that would be a startling transition i think and we have seen drivers make that transition i think lawrence vantor and lawrence vantor had run at least two Right, Le Mans 24 hours in LMP2 classes as a additional driver before transitioning into the Porsche GTE program. Um, so it's not unheard of, but yeah, I, I think Trovosaurus makes an excellent point that the Kessel Racing car is part of the ACO's framework, and so it is more likely to to continue to step up in that framework, and thus is a better investment from the ACO standpoint which is something I hadn't really considered before. And that's why we bring smart people like Ollie on. <laughs> Brilliant. So, <laughs> so that wraps up the, uh, the entry list thus far. We are still many months out and we will do a proper preview closer to the event of all the drivers and the teams, etc. But first, I think this is an appropriate time to let Sol have his word. Right, the timing of the recording just uh, didn't work out for me to be on this episode, but I'm going to intervene here for a moment because I really want to float an idea with you because I've been sitting on it for a while and I think it's actually a very good solution, although it might be completely out of left field. So, I realise I'm about to quote UEFA as an example of something being done right, but indulge me. So, what I'm proposing is do sort of what they do for the Champions League, which is the top... However many teams from a country go to the Champions League. And I'm proposing that we do the same for Le Mans. So instead of having a selection committee and telling everyone except those who get an auto-invite under current regulations, well, good luck, we might like you, scrap the selection committee pretty much altogether and expand the auto-entry list. And just say, 
we are taking this many cards from ELMSB2. I think it's seven on the current release. And so instead of picking seven, cherry picking seven cards, you would you would just take the top seven cards from the championship. And then the reverse, the reserve list just builds itself. If a car from a championship drops out and doesn't take up their entry, just pass it down to the next one. And you would do this for ELMS, you would do this for ASLMS, you would do this for IMSA, and you would do this for the Le Mans Cup. And thus you would build the 22 car, well, 21 car list of those who are not wet cars, but are going to get to go to Le Mans. The cons of this are you wouldn't get those romantic stories of someone just coming into Dulemon. You wouldn't have Reese. You, you wouldn't have you wouldn't have the GTM and Ford Marketing Motorsport under my proposal. But the pros of this is that it's a completely merit merit based transparent system. There there wouldn't be a oh we did we deserved an entry because we did this and this. No, you know the rules. Like if you have an ASLMS car and you want it to be and you want it to be on the Le Mans entry list, finish in the top three in the championship. Simple as that. It'll, it's also a bit more impervious to politics. You, 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 wouldn't have, you wouldn't have big manufacturers coming in and lobbying and saying, hey, we've got a lot, a lot of money for you. Can you give us an extra entry? And the way you would do this is you could have an algorithm saying, all right, there are this many wet cars and they're going to Le Mans. And then you, you could just create a list of cars in the order in which they're going to get invited, and then you just fill the list with as many cars as you have room for. So, say if, if you, for example, you had fifty-five wet entries, uh, you wouldn't fill the list because there's fifty-five wet cars for for the world champions and and the garage fifty-six entry, and that's it. But for example, if you had thirty-four wet cars, as we do now, uh, you would just create a list. All right, we are taking cars in this order. Start start probably starting with. Obviously, starting with the Le Mans champions, the four reigning ones, and then starting probably with an ELMS B2 car, and then just creating a list. All right, we're going to admit cars in this order, and we would just take the top 22, publish those, and then telling everyone, okay, right, you know the rules, this is how you get to Le Mans. The gist of it is this. Instead of having a selection committee which decides how it wants to on which cars get to Le Mans, base, Le Mans, invitations, exclusively on finishing positions in the last completed seasons of the relevant championships. So ELMS, ASLMS, Le Mans Cup, and IMSA. That's my take. Uh, I hope it sparks a lot of discussion because I realize it's a very left field take. Go on, guys. Enjoy it. So what do people think? What do people think of what Sol said? It's a fundamental change. Yeah, that's... One way I don't of putting it. know if I actually 110% agree with everything he said there, but he does have some merit. Okay, so um, let's let's start with what you agree with then. I like the idea of setting in stone a proper pathway, whether the regulations or the criteria are too flexible at the moment, um, might be a concern, and being able to say, okay, top three of championship XYZ are allowed in would definitely alleviate that. I don't think you need to, you have to scrap the whole invite part of it though, because that's a big part of what Le Mans is. Yep. And then you run into the issue of at some point along the line, you're going to have to prioritize championships. Mm. And mm. that's a slippery slope to go down. Yeah. Uh, what about you, Trevorosaurus? What do you reckon? I like it uh, in some respects and I don't like it in others. Um, there's, 
it's it's an interesting proposal um that's for sure and it, it removes the sort of transparency issue the aco might look like they have <clears throat> or rather that they do have um <laughs> so if you aren't someone who looks into the sport that much um or you don't read daily sports car or whatever where they're more in-depth detail of, of why change uh, decisions are being made by the aco that kind of thing and you just follow the race you might look at the entry list and kind of think well, why are they there why are these not here kind of thing mm. and this solves that where it's you know you've got an x number of spots and if you make the grade let's say then you're going to go and you know the the grade that you need to reach and if you attain it then you've got a spot but one thing that i don't like about this is this is reactionary uh, entries and it it's all done on past and it's not looking forward to teams that are committed to let's say joining the wec or are showing growth up the ladder ladder system so then you can't get yeah. that sort of return on investment in terms of the investment in the aco and i think the aco needs to be invested in like this to keep running in a way you know it requires this political system to keep its feeder series going yeah because of the allure of having that selection committee and you want to invest in the aco so then the selection committee will then be nice to you yeah, yeah sure it might be you. a bit corrupt but you know in one way or it might be just a bit old-fashioned or whatever um in its current uh grid format you know we're so oversubscribed i think it is a good thing to look at um but yeah. i'm not sure i would use it well and and Bartok makes a makes a good point there in in chat a lot of this is coming out because we're 10 cars over or 20 or we're like we had 80 cars apply for 60 spots in three or four years time that pit lane is going to have 70 spots in it. and i'm not sure we're going to get this this 80 car entry into Too many the future more times. yeah so I don't know if it's a necessary change to make. How if they if they implemented my idea of a double decker pit lane, get 140 cars. That'd be great. I'd love a double decker pit lane. I reckon the shenanigans would be off the chart. Well, I I agree with both parts of your your sorry both of your answers actually. I I think it has merit. Um, it definitely offers a, a finish line to chase in terms of being able to confirm an entry for Le Mans. Uh, and for some of these amateur teams, that's the sole reason for their existence. I remember it wasn't too long ago that ARC Bratislava were talking about closing their doors because they hadn't been given a Le Mans invite for, I think it was the 2017 season. So for some teams, that is all they're chasing. And, and so if they have a discrete finish line, then it makes a lot more sense. Or sorry, it makes it a lot easier. But I actually very much agree with the point that you brought up about uh, Trevor Vosaurus about investing back into investing into those who have invested in the series and it would be not uh, out of the question to say that if we had that entirely merit-based in invite system that teams like 
Hydex Sport or Settler Velorba Corsa Racing or those sort of teams may not have made it to the grid. And these are both these are two teams that a have long time entrance on them in the terms of Idex Sport. Okay, yeah, maybe they're full of Frenchies, but still. And B are offering variety to the class that otherwise would not exist. Settler Velorba, uh, the Settler Velorba Corsa Racing are the only Delara on the entry list. And to oh, besides Other the racing team Netherlands. Sorry, how could I forget yeah, the Jumbo sorry. Mobile? I apologize. <laughs> I apologize. But still, like the that sort of thing is, you know, important. On top of that, with how f- the entry list fluctuates every year, it would make it very difficult to know what goal you're chasing year on year. It's not like the Champions League to use Solheimer's uh direct comparison where you have a set number of spots for the Champions League and you have a massive pool from which you pull these teams from in terms of you know the top leagues of, I think it's seven different countries that they pull them from. A fair amount, yeah. Yeah. In, in the WEC, you have a changing number of uh, full-season entries every year. You have a set number of order invites and... You have, you know, some cars, some years you might have cars, uh, a large P1 class that takes away entries from other classes or a, you know, pro cars from IMSA or that sort of stuff, which you can't really factor in to a, uh, like an LMP2 or a GTM invite system. So I think it's a great utopian idea in theory, but I don't see how it would be feasibly implemented. I like, I like to think of it this way as well. If if you have if you look at the Champions League, what are the variables you have? You have Europa League winner, you have that that gets carried through, so kind of like Le Mans winners yep. carried through. Um and the Champions League winner also gets carried through. But much like the Le Mans twenty four hours, you kind of expect that if you win the Champions League, you're going to be one of the top teams anyway. So yeah. you expect to get an, a qualification through another means regardless. Yeah. And and also the main point of this is is the variables of... It's all a, a, a single level playing field. You know, mm. they're all a team uh, uh, on the same level. It's, yeah, sure, you've got different quotas from different countries that are at different levels. But it's... If you're picking from ELMS... Do you pick the the second place in P two, or then do you pick the second place in P three, or then do you pick the second place in GTE, and then in Asian Le Mans series you've got three classes as well. There are there are different. You have two LMP two classes class. in in Asian Le Mans series. Mm. Exactly. Mm. Yeah, and then and then you do do you then wait more towards ELMS as well on top of that. Um, it, it could get quite messy. Yeah, yeah and when you, and when you're and when you're asking the ACA directly at babies, which is best to worst, you just you, you're just going to pee off participants who have been long term entrants in a certain category because you're basically being told, oh, this this is now not as important as racing here. Mm. Do you promote the Asian Le Mans series more yeah. to you know stimulate growth to then piss off? The ELMS the teams, European yeah. Long, yeah. Like, yeah, like the, the, the Graf teams, yeah. 
like the Australian P3 series, you know, are they going to suddenly go, oh, we want an LMP2 invite to Le Mans? I mean, <laughs> that would be awesome. It would probably go very badly, but it would be awesome. <laughs> yeah, it's 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 something that is worth thinking about, though. Um, the way that the these invites are given out again, these are all at the ACO's discretion. They've set out these guidelines, but really, they can invite whoever they want. Like they could legitimately invite Red Bull Racing if they wanted to. Oh, I mean, that'd be cool. I mean, they would have, wouldn't have anything that Spoilers. would be rule compliant, but... Craig, Craig Lowndes, Paul Dumbrell, and Shane Lindbergh in an LMP2. I never said it would be Red Bull Racing Australia. I am. <laughs> well, well, if, if we might have a, a Red Bull uh, Aston Martin tie-up, so you never know. Ooh, okay. Ooh. Hint, hint. Well, well then, well... And in the next episode of Endurance Chat, we're going to be taking random stabs at the industry to see what comes out. Hey, we're not motorsport.com. Not yet, we're not. It isn't random. <laughs> oh, no. Uh-oh. Anyway, okay, we'll wrap this up uh, just by commenting on a few different things uh, on the from, that we can see from the entry list right now. So, as it stands, we have 25 prototype cars and 35 GT cars. So I want to post you guys. Is the balance right? Yes. No. Discuss. Yes. Too many GTE AMs. Really? Yep. I they... was going to get to that in the next point, but I think GT and Proto, with how small the P1 class is at the moment, you need a big GT class, and the GT Pro class is that. And we've got that this year, and I think that's a massive plus point. And On the, the other AM... hand... On the other hand, if you look at if you look at ELMS and the strength that is there in the background of LMP2, but they're also the top class. There, they won't be the top class at the moment. No, no, I'm just talking about the the amount of LMP2 cars out there to pick from. The quality of drivers in around the world in LMP2 racing, the quality of teams, it is there. There is a base to to pick entries from so it's not impossible to outweigh the prototype uh, deficit in lmp1 with a prototype um group Surplus. from in lmp2 yep i would but tend we... to agree with true of actually um second time in an episode that i'm on the i'm outnumbered nice go team um reason being is uh similar to what uh Trevosaurus said there is just so much more quality in the LMP2 field. And you can see by the reserve list that that quality is immediately ready and available to be straight into the class. So you could have, what, high-class racing, United Auto Sports, Eurasia, and Panos Bartes jump into the uh, jump into the race and be uh, make that class still be competitive. Okay. I think... Okay. Uh, the... let's, play, let's play my favourite game. What, what, what would you want the balance to be? Um, ideally, as always, fifty-fifty. Last year, okay. last year it was twenty-nine thirty-one. The year before that, it was thirty-thirty. So okay, cool. it can be so, done. So pick five P twos that you want to get rid of. P twos. Yep. Go. No, I want to. I want to pick five uh, GTs that I want to get rid Sorry, of. Sorry, that's, that's what I meant. Sorry, five GTs that you want to get off. Uh, off. Rizzi Competizione, two of the Proton competitions, and uh, oh, who else can I get? The Ford. 
the weather tech. The weather tech. I'll get rid of the weather weather tech and one of the full season WC entries. And I think that's why. So you've, so you've broken three criteria there. Yep, exactly right. Uh, but I want to. I want to say I think that's why we have seen an, an additional reason why we have seen a a tipping point towards the GT classes is because the GTEM class, as opposed to being five cars that it was last year or six or however many it was, it is now nine cars. So that is a lot more that you don't have room to then invite extra. Also Kessel Racing. Yeah, also Kessel Racing. One of those. One of them does, it obviously has an auto invite, but yeah. Yeah, but that, but that is the only car now that didn't win an auto invite. That's the only additional car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I both the trophies... Uh, invites from him, so I think they're a bit extra. I can understand the Keating one, yeah. be- Keating being given one because <clears throat> Keating is a massive proponent for amateur racing in IMSA competition, and he has been at Le Mans, I think, every single year for the past five years or so. I think the key word in there is he's an IMSA driver. It's like, well, there are much better potential entries from. ACO family racing. That's my excuse to get him off the list. You gotta throw the IMSA people a bone sometimes, though. Yeah, the, Otherwise, got... they just keep spamming DPI to Le Mans talk, and then no one wins. <sighs> and and it's not like he's a terrible entry. Yeah. No, I know. It's just no car with Jermaine Riccobolin is a terrible entry. Exactly right. Again, on the flip side to what I was saying earlier about how the GTM class has grown, the LMP2 class compared to last year. Uh, has shrunk, I think, by two cars. Mm. So I think that's where that discrepancy comes from. Because let's not forget, all of the invited cars that didn't win auto entries, bar one, is in the LMP2 class. So they're already inviting a large chunk of that group that Trevosaurus was talking about. They just couldn't invite all of it. Next point I want to make, we currently have 25 pro cars... And 35 AM cars. Again, is the balance right? I wonder if it, well, we I want to get as it. much pro as possible. So the balance at the moment is as much pro cars as possible. That's that's the balance that I'd want to see, getting as many pro cars as possible. Now, we are missing technically a pro, at least one pro cars in the Genettas. But and yeah. two, and uh, two beamers, theoretically, from last year. Yeah. But I think the I think the balance here is bang on as well. Bring I'm happy that, with it. Bring in mind that AMs are the lifeblood of this race. Yeah, I would prefer to see that balance be more like twenty forty ish. I think that oh, that's pros. Yeah, I I think well, especially with the current P one the way that it is, I don't think like it was it was different four years ago when we had. Three Audis, three Toyotas, three Porsches, and three Nismos, apparently. Like, when you have that as your top class, it makes sense to have a bigger pro lineup uh, in terms of, like, the the GT class as well. I think with having the P1s as kind of eh as they are now means that you can really step up on the AM side of things. I think you need to. I think... I almost think the GTE Pro class is too big. Mm-hmm. Again, it's a it, it's a one year thing. 
but it was the same last year. Yeah, but we're in, well. Okay, it's a. I shouldn't say it's a one year thing. It's a. It's a stop. Until gap. the ACO sort out what the next step is for the prototype, it's a stop. Yeah, we, yeah. It's what we're going to see. Yep. I mean, it's going to be super exciting. Anyway, uh, I'll say that much. Finally, any team we're especially excited to see. Now, for me, the first one I want to point out is Duquesne Engineering. As I said earlier, breakout season last year. Should have taken a race win. Was it not for testing fuel? And they have Romain Dumas in their car. Like, damn. And they're going to win the class from the reserve list. Ooh, calling it. Hot take. Ooh, that is that is a hot take, but they not will, impossible at all. They will have to get through the Signatech Alpine car, which retains its driver lineup. And retains Nikolai Lapierre, which has won. He's won the LMP2 class at Le Mans the last five attempts at LMP2. And they'll also have to get through the G Drive for Ordus. I presume it's how you pronounce it. Ordus. Something like that. Or Rus. Or Rus. Or yeah. That'll be Alris. interesting. Yes. I'm, I'm predicting twice as much salt on GT, on LMP2 cars being badged as something else. DPI to Le Mans, am I right? Ugh. <laughs> um, um, I'm also expecting GT Am to be an absolutely slobber knocker of a fight as well. A slobber knocker. Mm. How's that for a word? Well, <laughs> delving deep into the 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 vernacular there. Hey, once in a while I can say we're good. Every now and then. What about you, Trevor Vosaurus? Any particular car that you're looking looking very much forward to see? I really, really, really enjoy watching. Uh, I'm a zigger zigger a minority here, but I really enjoy watching um, the privateers. I think they are at a level that is extremely high uh, relative to what was expected of pro cars five years ago. And mm. they have l- much limited technology level and um, teams behind them. So, yeah, I, I think they're exciting to watch. It's just. The, the the big disparity yes. in the class. Yeah, it's a shame um, there's a, a hybrid car that can beat them by eight laps. And then, uh, I will also really enjoy listening to uh, some 911 RSRs. Oof. They are, I can say with experience now, they are loud AF. <laughs> yep, and there are a fair few of them, and I cannot wait. Yes. Oh, uh, now, I, now I, I feel reckon, left out. Now I feel left out. I, I reckon they were more more loud than the Gibsons. Ooh. Oh yeah, definitely. Yep. I remember being um, at the second chicane um, on the Mulsanne Strait, um, and I think this was the first year of the uh, RSRs. So the AMs had the old version, and we could hear them breaking into Mulsanne Corner and then accelerating up oh, 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 oh. to Indianapolis and Arnage, and we were for Oof. I don't know like a kilometer away and we could hear them down every downshift just like they were like the BMWs quietly right in front of us you know oh yes it was, it was amazing well that's what I was gonna say yeah because when I was sitting at Daytona at the kink you know you'd have you'd have the Porsches absolutely screaming through the air the rumble of the Corvette V8 and then suddenly oh there's no noise it must be the Beamer <laughs> oh damn <laughs> it was I had to check myself to make sure they weren't actually awful. I'm jealous. I feel left out. I need to go to a WC race. And on that note, on that note, uh, it's time to end the show. Thank you very much, Kiwi Chris and Trevor Thank you very much for coming along. Thank you for hosting the show, sir. 
as always. And thank you very much to Sol for his little recorded bit. Apologies that you couldn't get a chance to be on. Stupid time zones. But thank you for your input. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you later on this week with another episode. Peace out. Not even kidding. Uh, Sorry. Wow. Get out. Okay, goodbye. Bye. Why you leave? I I realized that when I left the channel that if I left, no one could keep recording, so I came back. (laughs) Well done. Um, You could say they they went and go. Oh, stop. That was a terrible. That wasn't even a pun. That was just. I'm, that was just words. I'm gonna cut that out. They, that's getting. <laughs> that's getting removed. What's What's the timestamp? One hour fourteen now. minutes. Okay, I'm gonna write that down and make sure. Mm. Cut out Kiwi Chris <laughs> making awful joke. One um, fourteen. Cut Kiwi. <laughs>